0: All right, so this is part four of the series, Where Are We Going?, and we've been answering that question, uh, so as, as you know, we're making this transition here, again, the date on our transition out of this building is, at this point, is going to be October, and so we've got time from now until then to adjust to what we're doing, to where we're going, uh, Again, we are not closing our doors. We are going to continue on as a church. Uh, We have formulated a plan, and we're trying to roll that plan out here, and some milestones are coming up, and we're going to talk some more about those uh, this morning. Um, Again, I would encourage you, if you have not been able to be here uh, for all of the messages, they are on the podcast. You can listen to them. In fact... uh, my wife had been in Sunday school, and so we listened as we were riding in the car, and we found out on the, on the podcast app you can, you can double the speed. Did you know that? Oh. And so you can hear me talk really fast. And you can take a 30-minute message and do it in 15 minutes if you wanted. Uh, It was kind of funny. We were laughing at myself as we were doing that. But uh, anyway, just a little bit of review today. Some encouragements for us. This was the first part of our series. Uh, My encouragement is that we be present. And of course, all of you have succeeded at that this morning by being here and making it through the snow to be with us this morning. But not only be present physically, but be present spiritually. Be present in the midst of these changes in this journey. And just trust the Lord here as we walk through these steps. Uh, also be prepared. Um, definitely there's going to be ways we're going to be talking about as you can help. Look for ways to help. Uh, look for ways to adjust. And um, and just be encouraged and excited for that and of course be peaceful our source of peace is Jesus Christ himself and so we want to be holding on to Jesus we know that this is his church this is his thing this is his plan we're going to walk in that Uh, two weeks ago the second part we talked about models as we thought you know it's a good idea for us to go and and look at the world around us and say what are other people doing And, and what has been happening in our culture in terms of models for church so we talked about kind of three models. You've got the New Testament church, and it's kind of worked its way out, at least in this country, in sort of three different ways. One is that civic center model where uh, people have, you know, sort of set up churches as community centers in the middle of their communities uh, that are fulfilling sort of a civic role. Uh, Then there's another one that's been an attractional model that's been um, particularly popular in the last few decades of Hey, we're going to fill entertainment and program needs and, and other sort of needs so that people will come in and, and can hear the gospel and that. And then there's been the family model where people are really focused on relationships and life-on-life discipleship and those things. So we talked about all of those. We know that you know, no one is necessarily better than the other given that the goal, when the goal of all of those is to make disciples of Jesus Christ and to reach the lost with the good news, then they're all good models. Um, but as we've looked at those, we kind of said, okay, well, how does this apply to us? And where where are we going as a church and how does it fit in for our church? And so last week we sort of summarized all this and we said, okay, fortunately the New Testament tells us, hey, Here's what makes a group of people a church, and it gives a number of things. It gives uh, it gives us a mission, it tells us what the mission is, it tells us what the purpose of the church is, it gives us some guidelines for how we can be uh, organizing the church and structure for how the church can be led together. Uh, we notice that uh, God also has universal intentions for each local church, regardless of the culture, regardless of the time, uh, or the era that a church is in, regardless of the model that it follows. There's some intentions for the local church, and those are very clear in Scripture. um, They would include things like discipleship, the Holy Spirit, and growing together as a body. There's just this very clear message in the New Testament that we're to do this together, that spiritual growth is something that's done together in a community, uh, not just on our own. Uh, and so then we looked at our own strengths, and I'll put those up on the screen here in a minute, and we saw that really, hey, we, we're best suited to, to follow these biblical directives as a church and, and really go with a family model, which in a lot of ways is what we have been doing for the past 15 years. Uh, and so we want to keep walking in that and just understanding, hey, that is what we are. We don't need to go try to be something different that we aren't. And our conclusion from that is, given the circumstances we're in and the culture that we're in, the best and most practical way to follow that out is to pursue a format that is house church. And so that's what we're really going to talk mostly about today. We're going to kind of build on these conclusions. And so my real goal this morning is to share that vision with all of you. And a number of you have heard it. If you've been in our leadership meetings, you've been hearing this for a while. But I want to be real clear on what our vision is for our house church. And I want to just give you a picture of how I imagine it's going to work. And I say how I imagine because at this point it, it is imagination. We haven't done it yet. And we're just trying to hold it very loosely would say this is the Lord's thing and we want the Lord to have his way. All right, so a first question we could ask is, is really why? Why should we do house church, Greg? You might have that question. You might have walked away last week and say, Greg, why house church? So you would throw that conclusion. Maybe I didn't, didn't get that jump. Why, why house church and not something else? And again, because we see the family model, we go, oh, the family model really fits with these strengths. When I look at these strengths, and I'm really, like I said last week, I'm really enthused about these strengths. I say, wow, I really think that family model takes these strengths and puts them directly into practice and directly into the ministry. And, you know, if we were a different kind of church and we said, wow, we got, all of you are are super talented in some really attractional things that we could put together, we might say, hey, there might be a different model to follow, but these strengths really play to that family model. Another thing is that we live in Denver. And as we have talked about, Denver is just saturated with entertainment. And so if you're going to go and say, I'm going to do this attractional thing, your competition outside of the churches is going to be incredibly large. Now, there's probably other places in the country, but that's not the case. But it's really the case here in Denver. And the other thing I, I've really noticed is that even though Denver is, you know, it is a very popular place, and it's a really great place to live, and all kinds of people are moving here all the time, uh, there's a lot of isolation. I think maybe because people have moved here a lot, and they've moved here, and they're going, oh, I'm here for entertainment, and yet God has made us, I truly believe God has made us with a need for community. If he didn't make us with that need, why is he asked us to be in the church? He knows we have a need, and he wants us to have that need met in community, and so there is a need for that. And so I think there's an increasing amount of isolation right here in this culture where people don't have family. As Denver has grown, at numbers I've seen range from 6,000 to 8,000 people a month for the past number of years. They're not moving here with their extended family. They're moving here alone. And there's a sense of isolation and this need for community. And I go, wow, I think we could really step into that gap as a church. Now, we've considered some other options besides house church. We said, well, just because it's a family model doesn't mean you have to meet in homes. And said, okay, there can be some other things. And so Brad and I looked at some other options. We talked about, well, we could become a mobile church, and we could go rent space and rent space every week and and set up a church every week and kind of set up what we do here on Sunday and do that every week. And, And we could do that, but I think we... We were not really excited about that. <laughs> and our, our main reason for not being excited about that is it takes a whole lot more practical demands and places them on you guys. And we thought, no, you guys have a strength of loving the lost, but if we're asking you to do a bunch of stuff, then you're not going to really able to love the lost in the same way and use that bandwidth. And so we didn't feel like that was a real good fit for our church. Another option we considered is well, maybe there is another larger attractional church that we could go join. Join with and be like, hey, let's let's join with them, and they could do the attractional thing, and we can be really focused on making disciples and loving as a family. And I just couldn't really find a good fit for that. I'm not really sure how that was going to work. Um, Another idea was, hey, what if we took this building and and converted it into something that was more like a business and it was something that was really generating income. Or we could go find another building and and have something and generate income. And we go, okay, and then we could really have a building and could kind of continue on being a family model but sort of have our own place. And I think that's a great idea. Um, I think some of the challenges we'd face at this moment is that there's not really anybody who would run and manage that. Right there's there's none of us who could who really are like oh yeah I'm looking to do that or I have this expertise doing that kind of thing so uh, maybe that's a possible idea we could tackle in the future right and and go for that uh, another thing is of course there's. Funds, You know, it takes funds to do that. It takes money to do that kind of thing. And they go, well, we're not really at that place as a church. And again, I think it's the same as mobile church. We'd be launching on a project that would be taking all of you away from the ministry we think God would have you do. And maybe there's some other ideas, some other formats. But really, as we look at our strengths and we look at our culture, we look at our situation, we just think, hey, this house church approach really has this opportunity To really bear a lot of good fruit in our lives, and in your lives, and in our community, and really reach the world. We think that's the Lord's intended direction for us. And so beyond playing to our strengths, like we talked about, there's a couple additional reasons. And I kind of like this, sorry, I kind of found this picture after i thought of this right i didn't find the picture and then come up with it right i go i think this sort of describes what we have going on in this church now this bridge i, I don't know if you can tell from the picture there's like these little like pagoda things so i think this is in china maybe, or maybe japan or something like that but we know it's not in the united states because you could never build a bridge like this why in the united states because you could never get a wheelchair <laughs> right over that in other places they don't care about that in the united states we care about people in wheelchairs right but i think it's pretty neat because it's You walk a really long way over that bridge, but that sort of distance is not very far. And so when I look at our church, I go, well, we kind of have gospel groups on one side, and where we're headed is the house church over here. And I think that we've got a path to walk, but the distance from the gospel group to the house church is not really that far. Um, I think we're already, you know, like I shared last week, over 90% of people in our church are regular attenders at gospel groups. And I go, I think we're already in that habit. We're, we're already thinking that way. We're already meeting in homes. I know we had a gospel group in our house on Friday night, and it was snowy, and people still came. And people were in that habit, and they loved being together, and it was a wonderful time. Um, so we have that, and I, I think also as we would make this change, that there's real some real potentials here, some things that could be really good in our lives. I know good in my life, uh, that idea of reawakening outreach, of kind of getting our eyes off of the stuff we're doing and getting our eyes out into who are the people who are around us and who, who needs to hear the good news of Jesus. I, I so appreciate it. I was talking with Jeremy this week and Jeremy said, hey, this, as I've been praying about this, I really think that this is helping me see people as individuals and not as a group. And I think that that's a real opportunity as we move into these smaller circles is it's no longer, oh, there's sort of the lost out there that we're saying, oh, my friend who's lost or my colleague who is lost or my family member who is lost or my neighbor who needs to hear the good news. I think it's really going to help us increase discipleship, right? And I I think that happens. uh, There's good when we all meet together. There is good, and we'll, we'll talk some more about that as we go on here, but there is good but the larger you get and the larger the meeting is, the less intimacy there is, the less opportunity there is to really share life and, and share those details. And, and, I, and I think corporate gatherings are good and there's an opportunity there, but sometimes that can be missed. And as you talk to people who go to much, much larger churches than what we have here, thousands of people, they often will say, ah, oh, it's a great thing and great things are happening, but I'm losing that intimacy. I'm losing that life-to-life Opportunity of growth that God would have for us. So I think there's an opportunity as we as we move into smaller circles and focus on smaller circles that there's going to be an increase in discipleship. I also think as we do that, it increases. All of those things there. Loyalty, ownership, and faith. It's going to increase faith because we go, oh, it it depends. This is the Lord's thing, right? This is not like, oh, special talented guy or special talented team of people. It sort of rises and falls on them. No, "No, this is the Lord's thing because we're all just a bunch of, you know, ordinary people who are getting together. And then we're going to own it. There's going to be an increase of ownership. The smaller something is, the more... You have an ownership of it. We see that in, in all kinds of realms, in, in business, and in life, and family, and so forth, and it's just going to build loyalty. I, I'm trusting it's going to build that loyalty. So, And again, I just want to reiterate, last, as we said last week, we see this, this you know, we're going to walk over the bridge, and we're going to go into this house church, but you know this bridge, kind of the other interesting thing about this bridge is you can't actually see that far into the distance, right? As you're over here, you're like, well, the bridge is in the way. <laughs> we know we're going over into that, but what's beyond that? We don't know what's beyond on that, and we believe this is a season, and so we're not going to make that error of saying, well, we're just going to be house churches forever and ever and ever. Well, we don't know that's the case, but we're also not going to say, well, we'll just do this house church thing until we can go do real church again. No house church is real church, right? So we're going to hold those things, and we're going to go over the bridge, and we'll see what the Lord has for us in the future. So, All of that being said, let's talk about some practicals. I'm sure you guys are all going, okay, how's this going to work? Where are we going to do this? When are we starting? You have all these questions. So I've put this into kind of a a question and answer format of questions you might have. And if I've missed any of those questions later, you can ask me and I'll try to answer them if I can. Um, And these, these answers are for us. There are indeed people in other places doing house churches as a format. And maybe they answer some of these questions a little bit differently. And their plans are a little bit different. But these are the plans we think God has for us. So that's what we're going to do. And so let's go back to what is the purpose of house church? We've got to start with what is the purpose of this? What is the purpose of this? Well, it's the same as it is for any church. It should be making disciples of Jesus Christ. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen to 20. Make disciples of all nations. That's the operation. That's what we're supposed to do. And we have a mission statement here at the church. Anyone know what that is? He got it. Reach the world with Jesus starting here. That mission statement doesn't change. It's the same one. And it's going to be the same one. That's what we're doing. Nothing has changed. And in fact, I think in some ways this mission statement might be more understandable, more relatable, more applicable in house churches than it is now. That being said, we're also going to increase our personal engagement. Like I talked about, we're going to become more locally, missionally aware of what's going on around us in our worlds. We're also going to respond. We're responding to the culture. That's the purpose. Well, we see the culture and this need. There's this isolation, and a need for community, and we want to provide that for people. And another one is to just distribute our resources more effectively. Uh, Like I mentioned last week, we are spending over half our budget on this building and making Sunday mornings go. And you go, well, what happens if we have that back? Oh, we can really use that in in very direct ways of getting the gospel out to people. So you might ask the question, okay, how often? So we understand what the purpose is. How often? How often will house church meet? Well, weekly. (laughs) That's a very simple answer. We're going to meet weekly. Now, there's some caveats to that, but I want you to understand this clearly. This weekly Sunday morning service that we do is going to cease to exist on a weekly basis. It's going to do that. And so what's going to happen is we're going to have these gospel groups, right? Right now we have gospel groups on Sunday morning and there's going to be this morphing and it's going to morph, the gospel group is going to morph into house church. And we're going to go through this process and it's going to take us until October and then we'll have house church. You go, okay, so that's interesting. And hopefully the first thing, maybe not the first thing, but one of those things you're realizing is, so you're saying, Greg, we're going to have one less meeting per week, and the answer is yes. <laughs> you are going to. And so maybe you're like, oh, good, I get some more time back in my life. Well, we'll talk about that more in a minute here, because you might then sort of have a follow-up question is, wait, are we going to keep meeting all together? And we're not giving that up. We're not just going to turn into like three or four or five or six different little churches. Aren't we going to keep meeting together? And the answer is yes, we are. And so once, every four, once we get this going, once every four to six weeks, we're going to have an all-church gathering that will take the place. The house church. So we'll meet in house churches, and then about every four to six weeks, on a schedule that you'll we'll all know about, we'll come back and meet all together. There's a few reasons for this. One of is, I'm sure, because you're all very relational, you're thinking, wait, if I if if I don't have this Sunday morning, how am I going to keep relationship with all those people who are not. In my gospel group, I'm just going to become the house church. I go, exactly, that's the point. So we want to keep meeting together because we think those relationships are really, really important. I think another way is as we get our local missional awareness going and we're looking into our worlds and we're inviting people and people are coming into those house churches, we want to have something else that we can then invite them to come to, right? There may be a need for that. There may even be people who we meet who we say, They might, we might think a lot of people might come to house church first, but other people might come to this other thing first, and so we want to have something else for them to invite to. We also uh, think about those who are going to be leading, and as people who are leading these house churches, there's going to be a lot of effort and a lot of work and a lot of heart, and we want to be able to give a break to them, some rest to them from that leadership activity and that leadership load periodically and then we also think it's great for us all to get together and have a celebration periodically and say look look at what the Lord is doing I truly believe that God is going to do some things in these circles and we're going to go wow and and if I'm in one circle I want to see what God is doing in another one I hope that's your heart as well so you might say well where are we going to meet well As we roll this out, we obviously have access to this building until October, and then beyond that, we'll go, we're going to figure it out. We'll probably rent somewhere for those periodic meetings, a community center, a school, another church, and so what day it meets will probably depend a little bit on the location that we end up settling on for that, which kind of leads to that next question, when and where? Where will house church meet? This is kind of a duh. <laughs> it's going to meet in homes, right? That's the idea. Now, if somebody comes up with another idea of something that would kind of be similar, we could we could sort of work that out. But the idea is we want this to have some regularity. You're in a house church. You know where you're going to meet, Typically. You know where it's going to be. Somewhere regular. We want there to be flexibility too. Because when you meet in homes, you're more susceptible to need to make a last minute change. Because of illness or other things going on. So we're working on that. The idea is that, hey, it, it'll last a couple hours. Two to three hours. Just like our Sunday morning services do. And just like our gospel groups do. And So I'm going to put some options up here for you in a minute. And, but first, I think we might want to ask that question. What are we going to do? What do we do in house church? Right? What What is it going to look like? Well, we really just want to follow that plan of Acts two forty two to 47. And we had that on the screen. And when you look at that, that passage, we said, hey, that's kind of the one picture we have of a church in operation in the New Testament. And if it worked for them, we want to do it. And so there's really four things that come from that plan. The first one is, of course, teaching. Now, before I say that, I, I'd like to mention that When I say what we're going to do in house church, I want to make sure that you don't think, hey, we're just going to take what we do on Sunday morning and scoop it up and have it in house churches. I was talking to another pastor who uh, uh, does house church in in New Mexico. He made an analogy for me. He said, you know... I mean, a number of us here homeschool, have homeschooled, have been homeschooled. Uh, and he said, he said, hey, look, when people start homeschooling, and, and I could relate to this because I, I was a public schooled guy, and then we, our kids were going to homeschool our kids. He said, you know, when parents, a lot of parents, when they start homeschooling, they kind of just have this mindset because they were public schooled that they just want to take what was done in the public school and sort of scoop it up and recreate it in their home and so they got a row of desks and they get a bell and they go through subject to subject and the teacher stands at the front and he said, he said, that's fine, but those of us who are in that homeschooling world understand that you lose a lot of those advantages of homeschooling when you try to just recreate what's done in a public or a private school classroom setting at home. And so we want to sort of draw that analogy back to church, and this pastor did, and it helped me sort of understand that we don't just necessarily want to say everything we do on Sunday morning here, we're just going to scoop up and sort of parcel out into a few different house churches. There's going to be some flexibility. And so we say, well, okay, well, we could just sort of do anything. What do we want to aim towards? We want to aim toward are these things, these four elements. That first one, teaching, that doesn't necessarily mean somebody standing up and giving a 30-minute sermon. It could be short sermons. It could be conversation and discussion like we have in our gospel groups now. We could have questions and answers. There's, there's all kinds of things. My hope, one of my hopes, is that just like in gospel group, that our house churches, people, all of us would see this as an opportunity to have a spiritual potluck where we all have something to bring to the table to share with each other and to learn from each other. Second element from Acts chapter 2 is fellowship. Well, we love fellowship. We're relational beings. We know that's important. We want to have time together to share needs, to share our situations, to share our struggles and our hardships and our victories. Uh, We want to be invested in each other. And we've always done that. You know, we're very intentional about having that 10 o'clock to 10.30 time on Sunday mornings and having the break in the middle where everybody can bump into each other and spend time together afterwards, and we want to keep that going. I don't think that's going to be a challenge at all. Uh, in Acts 2, it also talks about breaking of bread. And, of course, this is just remembering, remembering the Lord. And there's, a, you know, we can do this formally with uh, the Lord's Supper. We can do that in small circles. And I think we can also break bread and... In less formal ways of sharing meals and having picnics and barbecues and potlucks and all those sort of things. We want to incorporate that together because I'm sure the early church was doing that as well. And then the fourth thing in Acts chapter 2 is prayer. We all, I think, intuitively understand prayer, but we would really hang worshipping in song off of this. Right? Because that's really what we're doing. We're going to worship, we're in prayer. And so it would include that. So it would be individual prayer and corporate prayer. We want to be together interceding for the lost. We want to be praying for each other. And this really could take on a lot of different forms that could be very difficult in a larger group and when you're in a smaller group you can do a lot of different things with prayer so when we look at these four things I also want to point out that we don't have some expectation that every single week when you're in house church you have to do all four of these things we want there to be that flexibility we're not just scooping things up and doing them you're going to have that opportunity each house church will be striving to have a routine and a pattern and, and going after these four things but it doesn't mean that every Sunday we have to do all four things it might be a Sunday or a, a Saturday or whatever day the house church meets, it says uh, we're gonna do one of these things. And I think it'd be really cool. So we're gonna want to have that flexibility. So who will lead? That's probably a good question. Who's gonna lead these house church? And the real answer is people that. Brad and I are going to appoint and say, you're going to be the the leaders to start off here, and we're going to start off with groups that we think are going to be larger and can just add a few people and then turn into multiple groups. I think we're in a good position for that. But uh, these leaders are going to really provide oversight and management and planning and schedules and keeping track of those elements and making sure those are, are working their way into life. But the key thing we want to point out here is that Brad and I are not going to be the leaders we're not going to lead these. Just like we're not leading the gospel groups, we're not going to be leading these house churches. Now, we can step in, as there's a need, or a sickness, or a vacation, or those kind of things going on, but we ideally are not going to lead these house churches. Uh, Instead, we're going to oversee all of them. Uh, We're going to coach. The leaders are going to provide coaching and input and discipleship and encouragement. Uh, we'll probably uh, show up, be able to to visit different ones and, and, and see different house churches and be present with those at different times. And of course, those all church gatherings, we'll, we'll take care of managing those and teaching those and leading those. In addition to these, there's going to be a variety of servant roles that are going to be needed that you guys are going to have the opportunity to step into in each house church. Those are going to include things like worship and prayer and helping to plan events and fellowship, uh, helping to include our kids into these processes, into these groups, um, and all kinds of things like that. Hosting people, for people to host house churches at their homes and those sort of things. So, next question might ask is, when and how? Okay, so today we're doing this, are we just going to take a week and like take the big switch and shunk and we'll be doing a different thing? And the answer is no, we're not going to do that, there's going to be a transition season. So I, I tried to get it graphically here, just as a way to show, make those connections in your mind. So we've got these right now, we really have three gospel groups that are operating the Family, the Connect, and the Westside Group. And so the idea is, over the next several months, they are going to transition, and they are going to become the tastefully named House Church 1, House Church 2, and House Church 3. I don't know what we'll name them. We can figure that out. We have time to figure that out. But over those next seven months or so, we're going to transition to those, and then that's what we'll have. We'll have those three House Churches. Now, I... You go, okay, when is this starting? I go, well, here's how it's going to go. We're going to have our first house church meeting very soon. Not next week. Don't worry. We've got a couple weeks here. But here's the dates. So, you can see them there. Uh, We have two of them are going to be on March 1st. In the morning, that's a Sunday, by the way, and one of them is going to be on Saturday, the twenty-ninth, at five p.m. You can see those locations there. Now, we would ask. Uh, kind of our idea is that if you are already in tied in with a gospel group, that you would stick with those house churches. So, house church one, you can tell that's going to be the Highland Family Group, right? House church two, that's going to be the Connect Group, and house church three, that's going to be the West Side Group. Uh, now, if you aren't part of a gospel group, this is your chance to start to make a decision. But you've got time to make a decision, right? Because this is just one week, and you can go try one of these things out. Please notice also these are these are tentative. Uh, we do have a couple weeks. Things could change. Uh, so just be paying attention to that as we go. Um, make sure I get everything about this here. Uh, yeah, so we're going to do this for... A season. And so there's my next slide here tells us the sequence. So in March, April, and May we're going to take one Sunday and there will be no service here on a Sunday morning. It'll be the first Sunday of the month March, April, and May. You can put that on your calendar. It's on the church calendar on the website now. That's how it's going to be for those three months. So we'll come we'll, we'll go off into those house churches and then come back and be together for three to four Sundays and then we'll do house church again and then we'll come back and be together and then we'll do it again. This is going to give us a chance to start to roll this out and test it and say, how does it go? How is it working? What can we do different? So if you show up that first week and it's a disaster, don't say it's going to be a disaster. It's our chance to figure it out as we go. So then when we get to the summer, we're going to increase that frequency to probably to about every three weeks. Again, that's probably a tentative thing. We're going to have to figure out how that's working. Uh, And then by the time we hit August, it'll probably be about every other week. And then when we get to October and beyond, it'll be, you know, air quotes, every week, Not every week, because about every four to six weeks we'll all be back together, but that will be the pattern, and that's what we're going to be aiming for. So the goals for doing it this way, again, we want to try out this format. We want to be able to adjust. Say how is it working? How is that location working? How is that format working? How is the leadership working? Uh, we want to get those things established, and we want everybody to have this opportunity to really start to pivot their heart. I realize for most of us, a Sunday morning all church gathering is something we've been walking in for forty years or more, and we go, "Oh, this is a different thing." So we go, "Okay, so we want to take some time here and be able to pivot our hearts for that." So I think that leads to maybe the final question today. We want to try to answer is, how can we get ready? I think I'm so encouraged because I think almost everybody here is like, hey, all right, do you want to do this? We'll trust you. We can trust this. is what the Lord's going to have us do. Let's do it. So how can we get ready? How can we get ready? Well, first thing we can do is we can start to shift our priorities. What do I mean by that? Well, you guys are all so committed, and I'm so encouraged, especially on a morning like this where it's snowy and you guys are here. You're like, Your prior- This is a priority to you. But we all understand that changing is going to require some, at least a little bit of a change of our perspective and maybe a little bit of a change of our routine, particularly if we're in a house church that's not going to meet on a Sunday morning. You go, know, okay, so there's going to be a change that's going to need to happen. But I think there's a hard thing, especially for those who've been walking with the Lord for decades and going to church for decades, of suddenly saying, oh, the small circle is church, not church the big circle. There's just a heart shift that has to happen and we all kind of walk in that now, right? I think so many of us now would see gospel group as the second meeting. I probably would see that that way too. Go, okay, it's the second meeting. Well, when it's the second meeting, which is the one when, when push comes to shove, you drop. You drop the second meeting. Well, we don't want to do that when we get to house church because it's the thing. So we're going to have to sort of make that change. We're going to have to adjust to, you know, I know how it is. I mean, I can be that way too. It's, it's Friday night. It's time for gospel group. I'm like, oh, it's been a long week. Ah, can, we, can I cancel it? <laughs> can we not have this? Can I not go? Uh, but we want to sort of pivot from that and we need to just shift our priorities and we can start on that now. How can we get ready now? We can start to shift our priorities now. Uh, we also can renew our hearts for the lost and wandering people around us. You know, that's something I've been working on myself here in recent weeks is, you know, we just realize that discipleship, and we want to, that's what we want to be doing. We want to make disciples. That's the mission. Making disciples requires us reaching others. If we want to be growing, we want to be sharing. I mean, that's kind of, they go hand in hand. And so, again, like we said, we're going to decrease from two meetings a week to one meeting a week. Well, the idea is not, oh, sweet, now I can take up underwater basket weaving or whatever hobby you wanted to do, or I can put my kid in another sport, or, oh, I got some more time, I can, I can sleep later, or whatever. What we want to be doing is saying, okay, we have freed up that bandwidth for you to be invested in the lost people around you. And for me, too. I'm excited to look at that. And so, I wouldn't say that, you know, taking on an activity or taking on a hobby or something is necessarily something that you wouldn't want to do. But if you did that with a heart towards missions, towards, okay, I want to use that as a, as a way to go fishing for the lost, I could be really good. And you could say, well, maybe there's some other people from my house church and we could do those things together and we could really make an opportunity and, and try that out. That's great. Just don't use that added bandwidth to just be selfish, right? Like, that's the idea. We want you to have the opportunity to reach lost people and go from two meetings to one meeting so you can have more bandwidth to do that. And then I'd like each house church to really be focused on the other people in that group and saying, okay, I'd like everybody in that circle to know who are the lost people that the other people in my house church are trying to reach. So then you can pray for them. Then we can be looking for how can I help my fellow saint reach that person. We can pray for them regularly. We can plan events and connections and, and strategic parties and outreaches. And we can say, I'm going to try to make friendships with those people in my other, in my other gospel or my house church members' spheres. Uh, we can be looking for, how can we invite them into our house church? How can we invite them into gatherings and into our homes and into our family? And there'd be all kinds of ideas. I could see house churches saying, we're going to have birthday parties. We're going to have game nights. We're going to have backyard Bible studies for the kids in the neighborhood. We're going to do crazy things like progressive dinners. Uh, uh, Someone has kids in your group and they're in a sport. You're all going to go to that thing together and try to reach people with that. You're going to find out, oh, you know, I have a neighbor who's trying to move. Well, let's all go help them move. Or, oh, I've got another friend who's a colleague who's doing a house project. Well, let's all go around them and try to just offer a day and help them do house projects. Let's find out who needs babysitting. Let's offer free babysitting. Maybe people need dog sitting and we'll offer dog sitting, right? There's all different kinds of things we can do and when we get into those small circles, I think we have the opportunity to do that. So I think the third thing we can do as we joke about, has it come to this? <laughs> as we can pray and pray and pray. And we can pray for this process, and I think that's good. And pray for these house churches and pray for the leaders. And I appreciate your prayers for Brad and I as we help the church walk into this. But I'm thinking even more specifically about praying for those lost people. And praying in your own life and saying, Lord, I want to see so-and-so come to know you. I want to see so-and-so Sort of turn back from wandering and, and come back into a relationship of discipleship with you and start getting our mind into that and start praying for those and start interceding for people who are in our spheres. That's really our goal here. And so how can we get ready? Well, we can put on our calendar and we can get ready here and March, for February 29th and March 1st will be those first meetings, tentatively, right? <laughs> and then we can pray and we can start praying and start going, oh Lord, who would you put in my life or who, who would you have me go get? And I think we could do that together. So, that's what I wanted to share this morning. I hope I answered your questions. If I did not answer your questions, feel free to ask me. Uh, Maybe I missed something or missed a gap or you need some clarification. I'm happy to do that. Next week come back together and we're going to summarize this whole thing for everybody and hopefully it's not snowing and people can all be here and we can all listen and be encouraged together and we're also going to talk a little bit more about some of the things we need to do from a practical standpoint to get us from here in this building with all the stuff and all the things we're doing into really organizationally a model that's focused on house churches so we'll talk about that more next week the week after that we're going to do number three we're going to pray pray We're going to have a, I think I'm going to call it, has it come to that meeting. And we're just going to spend the whole morning and we're going to pray for all of this. So I hope that's encouraging. You can be praying as we get forward to that. Uh, And then in three weeks, we'll be in house churches for a week. And then we'll come back and we'll see how it went. All right. I hope you're encouraged. I'm going to pray. We'll close the time this morning. Heavenly Father, God, it's just encouraging to me to think of that idea of praying. Lord, and I think of the lost people and the wandering people in my circle. And God, I pray for them that they would be saved. And God, I just declare that I want to be willing to be used by you to to be drawn into relationship with you. And God, I can even think about my own life, and I think there's probably a number of people who are probably in that same boat with me of going, wow, Lord, I don't feel like i rub shoulders with all that many lost people. And so, Lord, my prayer is that you would point me and direct me into situations and circumstances where I could rub shoulders with them. Lord, if there's other activities or uh, other places you need me to be engaging with people, I, I ask You to direct me into those. Lord, as a church, as we, as we look at this shift, which, which could seem seismic or massive, and it seemed like a long path, and we, we can't see over the hill on that bridge, that crazy bridge that, but God, I'm, I'm trusting you want us to walk over it. And God, I have this sense that we're going to get to the other side, and we're going to get into it, and we're going to go, wow, look at what the Lord had for us. And we want to be on your mission. You gave us a mission to go into the world. Preach the gospel. Make disciples of all nations. God, we want to be on that mission. So please help us. God, we, we want these to be noble plans. And we present them to you. And we, we're following you into them. And God, it's your thing. God, we declare this church, this mission. Lord, it's your thing. We, just, we, we want to be on it on your behalf. So Lord, help us. help us as we walk into that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.